0: Catch a Kutz from the Carlton Football Club. You're listening to
1: the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorka here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johansson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Max O' in Melbourne Football Club. This is Nat Five from the Fremantle Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel.
2: We've been talking about this week for a number of weeks, and it's finally arrived. The first of our three multi-buy rounds as we enter into round 12. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you are well. And I've assembled a couple of members of the panel together to chat through some real big fantasy footy issues that uh, we've got to deal with this week. Uh, I've got Rain Man on the line. Hello, mate. How are you? G'day, MJ. Going well, mate. You? Oh, look, mate, always doing well after a win, that's for sure. And uh, I've got Betty Gogos on too. Hello, buddy.
0: Hey, mate. Very exciting. It's the first week that we see those little blue dots next to the player's name.
2: Yeah, you do see those blue dots across all of your salary cap formats. It is best 18 on field that counts. So even if you have uh, 20 on field, that's going to be whittled away. Those lowest two scores will bump out down to just your top 18 available players, and of course, if you have more players available in a certain line that can fit on ground, that does not count in the 18. It is only about what you can get on the ground that counts. Lads, there's some big stuff I want to get to. There's some injuries to some really important players, and one, then in a moment, we're going to get to Lockie Whitfield. We've got to talk injuries to Sloan, Hearn, uh, Dane Beams is important. Um, maybe not so much him specifically, uh, but the... Th- kind of the flow on effect of what an injury for him does. There's some buy strategy, some Patreon questions we want to get to. And if you want to support the coaches panel, plenty of ways you can do that. But one of them is to join the Patreon army at patreon.com forward slash coaches panel. We'll get to their questions in a moment, but I suppose the biggest dilemma trade move, whatever you want to call it. And I'll start with you on this, Ben is around Lockie Whitfield, Injury during the week. A lot of people brought him in that didn't have him with a favorable matchup against Gold Coast. Got tagged by Nick Holman, then injured his shoulder. News came out Tuesday morning at a press conference with Leon Cameron. Confirmation about a surgery to that collarbone. And not only will he miss these three multi-buy round games, but he's four to six weeks out of the club. First thing, I guess, and I want to get both your thoughts, but initially with you, Ben, is that a trade no matter what format you're in? Time to move Lockie Whitfield on?
0: Are we wasting time here, MJ? Well,
2: I just just want to ask the question.
0: Right. Yes, mate. It is a trade every single day of the
2: week. But what if every you're like down to t- twelve week. trades left in SuperCoach Dream Team? You've gone uber aggressive. Like, is is there ever mate, a ground? If you've got
0: to... one trade left, you're, you're trading Lockie Whitfield this week.
2: Okay. And the reason
0: why is fairly simple. So, round twelve looks like a week where not many people are going to struggle to field eighteen. It lo- uh, looks like everyone's going to be okay. Round 13 is going to be quite terrible. Uh, Any way you shape it, it's looking very tough at this stage. So I think it's likely that you're holding Lockie Whitfield right now. You're probably going to cop a zero. Or, look, best case scenario, you might pull on someone like a Robbie Young might come onto the ground and score you his 30 points, okay? Right. Then round 14 is also looking very tough at this stage. I think, again... Best case, you're scraping 18, maybe 19. Let's just say you take another score of Robbie Young. So Robbie Young's produced two 40s for you across those two weeks. Um, Also, round uh, round 12, the week we're up to, we might get someone more like, say, Gibbons on ground who might give us a 60. So across those three weeks, best case scenario, I think a likely scenario is you're going to copper zero. The best case scenario is You've totaled 140 points in those three weeks across three, you know, fairly average but predictable rookie scores. Yeah. And here we've got a guy named Lockie Whitfield who is priced at in Dream Team, anyways, priced at 783,000, and he's priced very similarly across the formats because he's been ridiculous this season. Yeah. Um, you need to be converting that into at least a hundred type scoring guy, and if you are getting a hundred average across those three weeks and MJ, you've made 160 points across those three weeks. Plus, add on to the fact that we don't know when Whitfield's going to come back. Yeah. Plus, add on to the fact that, you know, this is the type of situation where we can start to facilitate cash generation. So potentially, you know, we'll get into it in a little bit. But potentially, there's a few guys that are maybe underpriced at this stage, and we can start to look at unique and uh, in innovative ways to create cash because. Let's be honest, there aren't too many rookies floating around. Yeah. Bewley's probably one, but there's not too many. So, look, um, I know Rob's going to try and make a, a case for Whitfield, but I, I think you're, you might be a little bit drunk if you're um, deciding any other way than trading Lockie Whitfield at this stage.
2: Yeah, well, I've given you the tough assignment, Man, I'm not asking you to give me your opinion because I very much, um, from just the the preparation work heading into this podcast, you're leaning towards the same. But where could the logic flow for someone to hold Whitfield? Is there logic that holds up? Or is it just a, it's a trade, no matter what, move on?
1: It's a really tough case to make. I I think the only way, I, I could see logic in holding him a week, so holding him this week because you're really gunning for a round 12 defender, be it Luke Ryan in Supercoach sure. or Sicily or either, even Connor Blakely, and you you really want those guys, then maybe I could see something there. As far as long term, look, you, you you might be a supreme optimist and you talk around how some of these players have recovered in four weeks rather than six um, from a similar type surgery. Geez, you, you've got to make a case there, I think. You know, to Benny's point, or well, you look at the total balance and score of your team and how do you replicate what he, what he could do or what that money could do for the points on your team. It's hard to sit on it and not actually take advantage of that coin.
2: All right. Well, there are definitely some options for us through there. And, and the great thing is, um, depending on what dual position players you may or may not have in different lines, the opportunity with Lockie Whitfield is even if you've really got no cash in the bank, he can pretty much, no matter the format, get you to anyone you want. So if you are choosing to trade, and I think, you know, Rayman's done a very noble job at trying to give reasons for why you should hold him. But let's look at some players. I know we could go for anyone but maybe let's go kind of line by line Benny I might get get you to pick me some defenders rainman maybe there's some some midfielders and and some forwards and if the others kind of miss a play that you think's worth touching on then let's come back to them but um Benny is there some defenders whether it be from round 13 or round 14 by structure um that it's worth making a real easy move for and it pretty much no matter who you get you're got to make some cash out of us, I suppose.
0: That's it, MJ. I think we need to be looking at this rather than just a, a one-on-one. I think we need to be thinking about this as a collective three-way trade. So, of course, we have three moves to make this week. Um, so it's a very exciting time. And so I'm, I'm looking really down the list. I'm looking sideways. and looking at every uh, possible avenue. So a guy that immediately comes to mind if you want to maintain buy structure and you want to main, you want to make some dollars and maybe move on, say someone like a Gibbons or a Drew or a Hayes in the midfield, would be a guy like Isaac Cumming at the moment. Okay. So priced way 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 down, uh, but he had a very good game on the weekend, and I think the exclusion of Whitfield, you know, they don't play exactly the same role, but I I think it's going to be positive for his scoring if anything. Uh,
2: Does the return he, of Zach Williams hurt
0: that? Potentially, but I, I also think that Williams might have to play a little bit more of a wing role to make up for Whitfield sure. and either either way, there is gonna be ball to be won by someone there. Um, you're also not looking at necessarily Isaac having to do too much because I don't know I don't know about everyone's teams, but I know a lot of teams do have a guy like Dursma or Marty Hoare on the bench at the moment just because we've been a little bit blessed with a number of options number of rookie options that have done so well for us this year. So you might even be looking at a guy that you're thinking, hey, I think this guy might be able to make 100, 150K, um, You know, maybe till round 15, round 16. And in that time, I can play Dersmer because, hey, he's done 90s for the last couple of weeks. Or so, mm. hey, I can play Marty Hawke because he's a 75 type guy. Um, if you want to look more at a sideways trade, the options aren't so great this week, so I've, like we're going to have to think some radical thoughts here. Um, one, of the, one of the ideas, which is a bit obnoxious, but something that I have been thinking through personally this week, is can I accept taking in a round 12 guy and actually making sure that round 13 and round 14, I have a much stronger... U- uh, round. Yeah, that's right, round 13, round 14, I have a much stronger unit on field. Because right now I'm looking at my team and I've got 20 players that are playing in round 12, Mm. but I'm going to be struggling come the next two weeks to, you know, I'll be fielding 18 at best case scenarios. So potentially you're doing something that really goes against the psychology of everything we kind of talk about to this point. Mm. But at the same time, it might be the way to go because if it allows you to then bring in an underpriced premium, and I think that there's a few... There's a few very attractive premiums on other lines at the moment that are quite underpriced. I think that could be the way to go. So I'm seriously not opposed to James Sisley at the moment, and I know that's a pretty crazy thought to be putting out there at the moment, but yeah. I, I think that's, um, that's something that I'm seriously looking at right now.
2: Is that, and again, Rayman, I suppose I'll pose the question to you again, knowing what Ben's just shared. Is that very much around just looking at your buy structure and the strategies that enable you to to make a move like that? Or is that um, the opportunity to, um, where you go, even if you've only got 18, 19 on field, you can make that move. Is it a luxury based on how many are on field this week? Or, or is it about something a little bit more than that? Well, I,
0: th- I think, I think you, you have to look at it as a, Sorry, Matt. Sorry. I'll just I'll just jump in quickly. I think you've got to look at it as a three-way type transaction. So what does it allow you to do with the other two trades?
1: Sure. Yeah. And I think just on the back of that, Benny, I completely agree. You've also got to look at look at it as a three-week stint as well. Mm. You can't look at the buys in isolation. So you've got to treat these three weeks as almost... You, you can't just think one week ahead. Yep. So you've got to think, you know, to Benny's point, I think most people will probably be pretty well off in this buy more than any other for round 12. So most would have probably 18, 19 or 20 across this one. So maybe that's the chance to actually take a hit and have a bit of a look at it. I know round 13 is really hairy, particularly down back for most because that's where most of the decent rookies probably minus Dersmer are. Mm. So, you know, the conversation where you could look at, hey, maybe if you didn't have a Jake Lloyd um, or a Tom Stewart. He might be a really good trade-in. But then if you're already heavy in round 13 down back, you've got to think through that. So don't just think what it can do for you this week. What can it do over the next two weeks? And I think to Benny's point around starting to think a little bit laterally as well. So you don't necessarily have to think around where is this, I'm going to do a like-for-like replacement in defence. If you've got a Moore or a Burgess still sitting up forward, that might give you some flexibility. Um, You know, you might have a Dersma or Lockhart or an Answorth in the mid. And it might be a good opportunity to bring in, you know, Josh Kelly, who's been on your list for ages. Or even, you know, does Whitfield out open up the door for everyone's favourite bubble boy, Jackson Hately? <laughs> uh, it, 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 it could do. So you, I think you've really got to think um, across the three weeks, but also to Benny's point, think across those three trades and what you can do if you want to use them. Because there's probably an argument, and we'll probably get into that soon, around how many trades do you use this week, depending on what your on-field structure looks like.
2: And, and again, for AFL Fantasy, you've got three trades a week, so you might as well definitely plan and, and build out how you want your side to develop over the next few weeks, but you've got these extra bonus trades, really, in this week, so it's certainly an opportunity to attack your on-field scoring, while at the same time not making your side worse and, and impacting your scoring on the other grounds. Uh, but you're right, it, outside of Whitfield, and, and there's some more players I want to talk about, but... Outside of Lockie Whitfield in Dream Team and Super Coach and an injured premium, because there are some others, Hearn and Sloan, and I want to talk about them in a moment. Outside of an injured premium, in Dream Team or Super Coach, is there a reason to trade this week?
0: Yes. you want me to take that one? Uh, anyone. Anyone. <laughs> I'll throw it out there.
1: Well, look, I'll, I'll, always... I'll jump in quickly, Benny. Go ahead, um, go ahead. I think, I think it's a good opportunity to, and depending on what your trades look like and, again, your structure, it's actually not a bad opportunity to to free up some cash if you can. So if you've got a, you know, if you've got a, I don't know, a Will Hayes sitting there doing nothing for you, maybe you take a punt and go early on Bewley who's sure. going to be on the bubble, um, and it actually frees up some cash for you. I've actually got, I'm actually pretty well off this round I'm a little bit dicey in defence in round 13, and I've got um, Lockhart sitting there just staring at me mockingly. I'm potentially thinking of, of Lockhart to Bewley this week, which gives me nothing on field, but it gives me quite a nice cash injection coming mm. into next week to then start to upgrade to some of those round 12 players.
0: That's it. You you also want to be looking at how quickly can I finish off my team? Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a question that I'm always asking myself. And, hey, if I'm going to make some moves this week that's going to get me to finish my team come round 14 rather than round 15, well, then I'm going to be looking at that. And um, on top of that, you you obviously are taking into consideration the buyers. But, you know, last week it was a very interesting dilemma around um, the Riley O'Brien situation, whether you trade him to Max Gorn. Mm. Obviously, mm. O'Brien has a very difficult three weeks or now two weeks upcoming and he's made so much money Uh, you know people went to Max Gorn and he outscored him by roughly 70 points across the format so if he potentially does say another 30 then come round come round uh, 14 or round 13 like if O'Brien's not, if O'Brien's scoring about 70 points then you've kind of made that 30 points with the Gorn move anyway, plus you've made that upgrade. And so therefore come round 14, you don't have to bring in, you don't have to bring in Max Gorn. You can start to look at someone else and it just forward, it forward pushes your, uh, you know, potential upgrade strategy. So I'm never inclined to dissuade someone from upgrading um, at any time, really. And I, I think now is obviously a very uh, strange period to be doing it. Um, it's unusual, but I think mm. we also have to be thinking uh, a little bit innovative, a little bit different um, if you want to get ahead of the pack.
2: Uh, I think so. We'll, we'll, let's go look at round 14. Let, um, if you want to purely look at trading Whitfield in those lines, uh, let, let's look at defenders. Is there a uh, probably the most obvious two um, that are there, are, are Laird and... and Bashahoole's just in a rich vein of form at the moment. Like he's gone about one thirty across the formats, give or take a little bit, um, in his last three. Is there any other Could you really
0: could you really do that though? At this point, I mean, see, you're paying seven hundred and twenty thousand for him, MJ. You are paying a lot Uh, of cash for
2: him. Five forty and super coach.
0: I know this this really goes against the the sell high buy low mantra, like I mean, we've never seen him do anything like this. Uh, obviously, he's in the richest vein of form of his career um, at a very unusual time, and his career is definitely closer to the end of the, his career than the start. Um, I would have loved the pick, you know. Say if he, you picked him up around round a month six, ago, you'd seen something. Yeah. Yep, you were very confident. Um, and look, some coaches were smart enough to do that. I know, I know. Our very own Fox picked him up about. 4 or 5 weeks ago and has done atrociously well out of that trade mm. so but now I I really feel uncomfortable us talking him up in a a trade light because he's he is so expensive and yeah. you need him to be performing at 110 plus for that to be a remote successful trade, so I, I probably wouldn't be recommending him at this stage. All right,
2: so Leeds, the the one that's many had earmarked at the start of the year as a top eight midfielder, he's been defender, sorry. So he's a bit a little bit below that. Hawley, um love that reflection. Uh, who else could be we looking at as defenders on that line? Is it is it a Perryman? Is it a Brandon Ellis? Um, is is there anyone there, or is it now starting to look about? The other options, because Rain Man, you mentioned guys like Josh Kelly, you know, as a viable trade-in um, option through there. Um, you know, Dustin Martin, I suppose, in AFL Fantasy uh, is a forward who's coming off a couple of tons now. Is that the areas we need to start looking and considering is round 14, guys? If for whatever reason our structure means we need to go from a round 14 to defender to another round 14 premium.
1: I think so, mate. I think I think we're starting to get really limited. The the only other guys, and you're taking a huge leap of faith is someone like Miller, potentially. Right. Um, if, if you wanted to back him in, or if you if you had uh, a big Kahuna's, you could go for someone like Old Man Simpson. But that would take an enormous set, and it would be an enormous leap of faith to do something like that. So I think you're right. If if you've planned your team well and you've utilised DPP and mm. actually opened some options for you. And, and, you know, I think there's, you know, to your point, whether it be Josh Kelly or whether it even be, you know, super coach, it might be a really random left field Ben Cunnington who comes up against the Suns this week. Yeah. You know, that could, that could be a play to, to go, again, to Benny's point, a little bit left field to actually think how you can complete your team who would be a handy. M eight, M nine, particularly in SuperCoach, I wouldn't look at him in any other format. Why not look at something like that and take this opportunity to take that punt? Oh,
2: ben, I'm seeing a few coaches see this as an opportunity to to move on Lockie Whitfield, and fair enough too. <laughs> Um, but then transition it to a guy who had probably his, in fact, I think it is his career best score and definitely the, the highest score of the year in Stephen Cornelio, who just missed um, the 200 marker in Dream Team and Fantasy, just went over that in Coach. Is this the right week to pivot towards someone like a Cornelio coming off such a strong week?
0: Well, it's a very interesting one, Matt. Right? Um, so one week ago... Uh, he missed the final quarter against the D's. Mm. Got a, a sixty-nine in Dream Team, and I think it was roughly similar in Super Coach. Um, he was—he looked very sore. He's obviously a very tough, combative footballer, but geez, he looks sore. I—I I, my jaw dropped when I saw his score against um, the Gold Coast Suns on the weekend because I really thought, hey, I'll be happy if he just plays, and you know. <laughs> He does his best and gets through four quarters. That, that's my... Jags mindset. a couple of so, cheap
2: goals and gets to your 90 kind of thing.
0: That's it. That would have been perfect and just thinking long-term because, hey, you know, he's lost $140,000 worth of value in Dream Team right to that stage. Um, he was not going to be someone that I was looking to trade. Um, but he comes out and he absolutely kills the Gold Coast Sun. So, look... I'm in two minds here with my, with my advice because he is cheap. Now mm. he is 675,000. Um, in dream the type team. of guy that yep. in dream team. Yep. Um, he is the type of guy that right now is priced 120, about 120,000 under his starting price. We all know that at his best, he is really, he's one of the absolute best of the competition.
3: Mm.
0: Um, Lockie Whitfield obviously plays a different role, but it can't hurt his midfield minutes playing uh, with Whitfield out. Whitfield has been playing a little bit more inside midfield this year as well. So it's it's all looking fairly beneficial for him. You know, with Kelly now in, Taranto in, it seems very unlikely he's going to get tagged at any stage. So, look, I'm... I'm generally, I'm not super negative towards this trade purely because I'm looking at his price now and thinking, well, that's still of value. Obviously, last week would have been an absolute dream scenario to bring him in, but this is one of the guys that, at his best, he is still an absolute, you know, he's an absolute fantasy superstar. He's got the round 14 buy, so you're going to get a couple of weeks out of him.
1: Um, I'm interested to hear Rayman's thoughts on it, though. Yeah, I think you can make that argument pretty well. I think it all comes down to expectation, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's not going to get 200 again. I I would eat that hat that I would buy. Um, But I I think Benny raises a really good point. We always talk around buy low, sell high, and he is really low. But I think you've got to be really clear around managing the expectations around what that looks like. And do you actually start to look at fixturing? And I know their fixture is pretty good across the rest of their year anyway, and they're, they're playing some pretty good football. But then also, who else is actually starting to come into a good run? Do you start to look at some players, and I'm putting a super coach hat on here, who are actually in a rich vein of form, but are actually still pretty well priced, mm. that are super unique? Because I think part of uh, part of the problem with Cogs going so well last week, he's, thought every, he's under everybody's nose now. So a lot of people are going to go there. And there is a bit of a strategy play around going a little bit more unique particularly through the buys to actually you know to, to gain some ground and I'm thinking of guys in supercoach all round 13 by but but three of the top five midfielders from a three round average score are all sitting there in a really poorly owned in Luke Parker Mitch Duncan and old Dependlebury. yeah so maybe maybe you can look a little bit left field um, but I think the the main thing about cogs is Just know what you're buying into. You know, to Benny's point, he looked really sore the week before. So I know he played out of his skin. How does he back that up? Does he back it up with a a good 120, 130, which we know he can do? Or does he, you know, he kind of taking on a little bit of extra run through, even though he's not out on that wing that Whitfield plays, But maybe he's, you know, it's a couple more mid-rotations. Does that actually bite into his tank? I don't know. I think we've just got to be cautious of looking at all the positives Because there could be, you know, a couple of negatives in there too.
2: Yeah, so Stephen Cornelio this week comes up against the Adelaide Crows. Then it is North Melbourne um, down in Tasmania at Bloodstone. And uh, then for just a reference point, something that we talked about a lot, um, in last week's episode with Rids it was talking about looking at the final four weeks of the year, whether it be because of your league matchups for finals or it's that crucial time of year where you're going to either win it or lose it from an overall rankings perspective. Uh, he plays and as does Kelly, Whitfield and the rest of them in GWS. Sydney, Hawthorne, Western Bulldogs and the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, uh, it's a favourable fixture but Ben there's, there is one kind of thing that I'm It's a slight concern for me. Maybe I'm just reading too much into it when it comes to whether it be someone like a Canelio, for example, who, who has been a bit banged up this year at different times. We look at that Gold Coast matchup, we go, hang on, he just came off a 200 or close enough to it in Dream Team and Fantasy. He's going to do that in, quote, the grand final week or final week of the year. Is there any cause for concern for players getting rested in round 23 now that we've got that matchup? that week before finals is that still something fantasy coaches should be concerned about anymore or is that something of years gone by where we rolled straight from home and away season into the finals
0: yeah i i think that what we've seen in recent years is that clubs are much more willing to play their blokes in round 23 yeah um and that's purely around the idea that if you're not playing a guy in round 23, and then they have the bye, then it's been three weeks since they've kicked uh, a footy in a competitive environment coming into a finals match, and that's fairly undesirable. Um, a lot of coaches feel very uncomfortable around that. So, look, it's not it's not a cut and dry rule. I would say on uh, on average that clubs do want their players to play round 23, unlike back in the day um but i will also say that hey if canelio's sore then he's not playing around 23 mate
3: yeah
0: um but it's very you know at this stage it's very difficult to know how his body's going to be feeling um i wouldn't say with certainty that he is going to be one of the sorest blokes
2: yeah it's 10 weeks um, away isn't? Yeah. by that
0: point yeah exactly it's very hard to predict that at this stage so so look in um in conclusion, I think you look at a guy like Cornelio coming off of you know a very sexy score against the Gold Coast Suns, and you're thinking, well shit, like it looks very nice to me. It looks very very nice the fact that he's playing Gold Coast Suns in round
2: 23. Uh, man, we, we've talked about Cornelio, we've talked about Kelly. I don't want it to come into a full GWS moment, but would you be more intrigued in buying Canelio this week given the the buy low per- perception where he's at, he's dropped over around about a hundred thousand across dream team and AFL fantasy, around about 80,000 or, or so in Supercoach. Are you more tempted to buy low on him, even if his ownership's relatively higher than at a, not quite a peak price, but a, about the price range you'd expect for a slightly less owned Josh Kelly. Where's, where's your leaning kind of that? If it came down to a Kelly V. Cornelio this week and for the rest of the year, what's kind of the defining decisions if you're making that Whitfield to trade to one of those two?
1: Yeah, well, Leo is not going to get any cheaper at all. Like This is his basement right now. So I think you need to think around what the dollar difference is between him and Kelly. And again, to what we've talked about, what else can you do with that money, particularly in light of three trades? So just think if there's, and I don't know what the dollar difference is, maybe 150, 180 grand between the two across um, the limited trade formats. If you can then use, um, if you can then do a downgrade somewhere as well, and then you know create yourself an extra 300k, you can potentially do two upgrades. Mm. Um, so this is, and to Benny's point before around finishing your side earlier might be a unique way of doing it. Um, you know, looking at Canelio like this, or even you know uh, we saw Angus Brayshaw actually play in the guts last week for the first time for a while, whilst his scoring wasn't quite there. You could see that that role was coming back. So, you know, a similar mindset there as well. Do, do well with your money and be frugal with your money across the buys because you've, it's got to get you across potentially nine trades and across three rounds to be positioned coming out in an unbeatable, you know, a full team or close enough to it that you can actually then have a good run home.
2: Yeah, fair enough too. And there's some players I do want to talk about, Sloan and Hearn in just a moment, that have um, some injuries that are of less significance. There is a possibility, according to the Crows' medical staff, who may not have... uh, Matt Crouch owners might not have the greatest faith in right now, um, what they say. But um, Shannon Hearn looks like he's going to miss the next couple of weeks. Before we talk about them, Ben, what's some general advice that are going to help coaches get through these next three weeks? Because Rayman's... You know, given that great concept around, you know, you've got nine trades over the next three weeks, improving your side, making sure you're maximizing your cash in those trades. Is there other some just some nuggets of gold from your years of playing fantasy footy, multiple different formats, that coaches either may not think of or may have, but just not given as much weight as they could have too? Yeah, well, there's a
0: couple, mate. I think number one for me is the value of having more than 18 playing cannot be understated. Mm. Um, the potential of you having a 19th or 20th player means that, hey, if someone goes off for an early injury, I know uh, one of the Geelong rookies went off for a two earlier this season. I can't remember off the top of my head it was. But, you know, you have, a, you have a score like that. Someone gets injured early in the game. You can write that off. You do not have to accept that as part of your 18. That's... Mm. That's very exciting. So you may have a guy that gets 30. You might have a Robert Young, but hey, look, mate. If you haven't got him in the top 18, then you do not have to sweat about it. And you've also got to be thinking about how many premiums do you have playing within that group. So a lot of people are going to speak over the next few weeks. Hey, you know, I had 18 or 19 playing, but but also they're looking at their team and they only had you know 10 premiums on the field or something like that. So that's that's going to be a big issue. Uh, that's mm. number one. The the number two thing I think that everyone needs to be looking at right now is round thirteen is going to be a big problem. Um, don't be trading in. I like. I feel very comfortable comfortable in making this call. Don't be trading in anyone from round thirteen either this week and or obviously next week. Mm. Um, I think that's going to be across the board. That's going to be a huge huge weakness area for everyone. I can see teams fielding, you know, potentially teams that have even been thinking about it, um, fielding team, uh, you know, 16, 17 type players um, for the week. We don't know whether some of these rookies, um, you know, have been recently dropped. We don't know if they're going to come back. We don't know if there's going to be an injury. I mean, there could be an injury to around 14 yeah. right now that really throws things out of whack. So, I would be planning around trying to minimize any round 13 intake at this stage. Um, The beauty with round 14 guys is that if all works out well for us teams wise next week, we might be able to trade out one or two round 13. We can get rid of a round 14 guy and happy days, but we really need to be thinking very heavily. And I hope you've been doing it before this, uh, before this podcast that, we need to be heavily thinking about how we're going to m- mitigate what I can see as being a potential disaster come next week. Yeah.
2: Um. So what can we do this week, Rayman, to help us prepare for next week now? Whitfield, in one regards, is a-, a blessing in disguise, potentially, that helps us get there. Is there any things we can do outside of the Whitfield trade, making some cash, preparing some room? Is there any other things we can do this week that's going to help minimize either the pain next week or give us that little extra edge heading into round 13?
1: Firstly, I just want to say really sage advice by Benny. So, you know, just follow that. And particularly about the more than 18 players. I yeah. think the amount of times over the years that you've had to his point, you know, we've had 20 or 21 coming up and you've had three stinkers and you're actually wiping them off, which is just an amazing feeling as a coach and in which you could do it every round. Um, I think from a round 13 perspective, again, I support, support what Benny said there. And I think the only way to start to look at it is, again, think around this thing as three weeks. So I mentioned before, pro- more than likely what I might do, and it might be a hugely risky, is I'm just full of round 13 defenders. Each other line I'm actually not too bad in, mm. uh, but defenders are killing me. So, you know, I can use a bit of DPP this week to go, you know, a Lockhart to a Brett Buley for argument's sake. Mm. Um, or, yeah, you know, or, or a similar round 12 player whilst I'm not getting any benefit this week, but I've got enough players that I can actually do that. But it's then helping me because I'm so heavy in round 13 defenders. Then next week, that's one less trade I have to think about. So hopefully, Buley gets through. It makes me some cash and then it helps me get rid of a, you know, whether it be an Answorth or a Hoare or whoever in my defense to a, a Sicily or a Blakely or you know, potentially um, uh, somebody else from that round 12 buy might be a Luke Ryan, for argument's sake. So I think if you can use this week to help you out, particularly for that round 13, you're silly not to.
2: Yeah, I like that. Look, Shannon Hearn, we've talked about a couple of times, he's going to miss uh, this week, um, definitely the the subsequential week with uh, West Coast having the buy. And then a likely out, at least at this stage, uh, of missing round 14. So that's a, a huge um, thing for coaches to ponder. And then Rory Sloan uh, came off early in the second uh, with a hamstring concern. Uh, the club have said he's doing everything right thus far. But for the past three weeks, we've also heard that for Matt Crouch. So take it for what you will, even if Rory Sloan does play this week. They come up against GWS, and you can guarantee it, my friends, that if Rory Sloan does play, He has got the human glove heading his way, Benny, in Matt DeBoer. And uh, that is not going to be a great week for him, even if he is managing able to get out on the field.
0: No, that's it. I mean, yeah, Matt DeBoer, what a tagger. He's he's just been phenomenal. So he's another guy. We're looking at trading him, I think. Um, That's where I'd land on that because you've bought him. You know, he's increased in value, I think, across the competitions now. Yeah, um he's obviously more than done what what's required of him the other interesting little tad bit with rory sloan he um been notoriously more of a super coach player so mm. this season has been a bit unusual for him um from a dream team and afl fantasy perspective in terms of what he's been able to achieve so he's he averaged 112 up until last week so He's now looking at a break even of 160 in in Dream Team and is probably going to be very high in our uh, AFL fantasy as well. I'm looking at I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, can we potentially make some type of move here and get a bit, you know, funky with this with this type of situation? Um, because I really don't want to be in a situation where De has gone to him and we all know that Rory Sloan has struggled with attack in the past. Yeah, uh, he. You know, there is, there is a serious case to be made that he goes sub-50 um, if he plays, especially if he's playing sore. And, you know, what likelihood is if he's playing, he's going to be playing sore. Yeah. Um, and it's a big, big game. So they're going to be trying to push. Because, it. look, even if he turns out and DeBoer takes him out, at least, like, that doesn't mean that, that uh, you know, Brad Crouch got taken out of the game. You know, it, it, it does serve a purpose for the footy club. Um, but obviously, it would hurt uh, fantasy coaches no end. I mean, if he he comes out and he scores a fifty, then the the decision to trade was a huge, huge success. But even at this stage, I mean, if he he went hundreds um, from this point on, you'd still he'd still be losing value. He's not necessarily a guy that I have a lot of faith and belief in um, that he will finish well on the run home because he's just been so susceptible to the trade, uh, to the tag. So look, if I was an owner and, you know, I've got Whitfield, I'd be thinking, Hey, can I get Whitfield Sloan and potentially a rookie to three premiums? Um, and you know, potentially have some money to spare as well. So that's where I'm thinking at it. But, um, you know, happy days. If you, if you have bought Rory Sloan, are you like, you've had him from the start, you know, this is Mm. a huge success. Um, so, Whichever way you play it from here, be very happy with uh, the selection because it's I, I mean, I wish I picked him MJ.
2: <laughs> well, yes, no, uh, an understandable. So I think we talked about him in the 50 most relevant a fair bit too at the preseason, but that's all right. Um, Ray, man, what about Shannon Hearn? Um, you know, we're spending a lot of time talking about these injured players and that's fair enough too, because it's really the big decision points for, for coaches this week. Is, is he in the same conversation as, as Sloan from Ben's perspective and definitely from both of you as you've talked about Whitfield and, and the need to move him on? Is Hearn like that too? Is it a... No, nah, he's done his job, move him on? Or is it a, well, if you can afford it, wait a week and then move him on? Well, what should coaches with Hearn be doing? Because at the moment, he's definitely delivering numbers across all formats to be amongst the top few defenders at the moment.
1: Yeah, I think quickly before I talk about Hearn, I own both Whitfield and Sloan, so I'm that coach. Um, outside of that, uh, I think Hearn for me as a hold. I think what he has done and what he's done consistently uh, particularly with the new kick-out rules, is just show how dominant he can be. And even his bad games aren't bad. So I think across the formats, he's a top six defender. I think he's out probably two weeks, but I think it's worth a, a watch and assess if you can this week. And I think most teams will be in the position to mm. do that. If, if not, if you really want to bite the bullet, it's finding that, that player that you know he's going to be a top six defender as well. So unless you're going to do a bit of uh, loop-de-loop magic, which we talked about with Whitfield, I think trying to find somebody that has the bang for buck that Hearn does with actually a pretty decent injury history in a rich vein of form, West Coast are really starting to hit their straps, he's going to come back, my thoughts are, pretty good um, for probably what is a two-week injury at most, I'd be likely to hold.
2: All right. Fair enough, too. Uh, Lads, I appreciate uh, all of your thoughts on on those players. I want to jump to some of our Patreon questions in a moment, but are there any players that we haven't highlighted that are potential trade targets that either of you are keen to share uh, with coaches, panel listeners? Because we talked a lot about Whitfield, Hearn and Sloan and potential trade movements and players Are there some guys we just haven't thrown their name out that you want to throw either some curveballs or a a unique option or a real obvious candidate that we haven't talked about? Benny, we'll go to you first. Is there any player names we should seriously be considering bringing in, either to get us through the multi-buy rounds or to maximise our cash and trades uh, that we haven't spent any time on?
0: There always are, MJ. Um, How much I'm willing to divulge, (laughs) uh, that's another thing, but... um, We'll throw out a couple of names. Sure. So some someone that's going under the radar at the moment, probably for fairly good reason, but he was very hot property in the preseason is Alex Witherton. Mm. So he's a back-to-back 50s. It's not going well for Alex. Um, but, geez, he is becoming a very interesting proposition for non-owners Uh. Look, he's he started the season at 630k, and a lot of a lot of uh, the community, a lot of the community, were thinking that this guy's actually got upside. So he averaged mm. 89 points in Dream Team last season, and he, he'd done that the previous season, 88, 88. Um, now he's prior to the the past fortnight, he's had the, he still had a fairly average season, but he was actually averaging 86. Um, so it's only been two weeks of this very poor form, and That, to me, is starting to scream bargain. Now we're talking about a round 13 player site. I think we're potentially waiting a week on this guy. We're going to see how he goes against Carlton. But, geez, he's an exciting prospect to bring in in round 14. Um, there are a heap of midfielders, mate. Um, Well,
2: for Supercoach, before you tell us about some of those, um, in Supercoach, uh, he's priced uh, just uh, a touch, a couple of hundred bucks, over $380,000, and uh, has just dipped his seasonal average beneath 80 for the first time. But there is about... Four or five scores in the 90s through there. And, and as a reference point, if uh, you know, just purely focusing on him for the moment because I know you're going to hit some midfielders, uh, but for pretty much uh, a touch over $100,000, that's Lockhart to Witherden. Uh, or maybe Darcy Moore is actually a cash-making opportunity for you. Move on.
0: Yeah, well, well back to Dream Team. I mean, it's going to be a downgrade to go Dersma to to with Wow. Um, within a cut, within I mean, within a week or two, it's going to be absurd. So, that's a very uh, that's an exciting proposition. I mean, maybe it doesn't quite work out buyers wise, but you get a real idea of the situation. Obviously, there's some round twelve guys. So Jack McRae is the obvious one. I mean, this guy's got to be hugely on everyone's radar at the moment. I understand he hasn't gone a hundred in well, he's gone a hundred in Dream Team once in the last six, but He's, he was the guy last year. Mm. We, need to, we need to be keeping that in mind. When a guy drops $220,000 in value and you're still fairly happy with his role, I mean, he is still primarily a midfielder. We've got to be looking at him. We've got to be thinking about it. Seb Ross is another one that's had a, yep. a fairly average season to this point, but hey, he's still averaging 90. He hasn't scored 100 in his last five, but we know how this guy can go. Absurd. He could he could be the top scoring player from this moment on in the season. It would not shock me at all. It just revolves around the role for him. So if we're we're looking at potentially Richo deciding that hey this is going to be something that we want to do now with Ross. I'm just spitballing here, but mm. hey, if it you we see any sign that he's an inside midfielder, we have to be seriously bringing him in. And then there's there's one other name that I think. Uh, I don't want to don't want to speak up too much, but we do have Rayman Man on the pot at the moment. Like if we're if you're a fantasy coach um, in 2019 and you're not looking at Patrick Cripps right now, then I I seriously have to question whether you're playing the right game. So. That's all I'm going to say on that, that matter, that there's quite a few options there for you.
2: Raymond. Right, what, what about for you? There, there's some names, and I am keen to get your thoughts on Patrick Cripps. I know he's really struggled over the past few weeks with, one, really carrying the midfield, and two, some ridiculously heavy tagging. Um, so maybe I'll get your thoughts on Cripps uh, and the value opportunity for non-owners and then secondly maybe some other players that Benny didn't highlight if you've got others that could be some nice on the run home pickups that we haven't talked about yet
1: I think on Cripps he's just he's carried the weight and and I think to be honest the media speculation floating around Colton with the captaincy on his shoulders hasn't helped either Mm. I don't think he's a guy that generally lets any of that stuff impact him but to your point around the way that he's been battered the way that that side has performed. And they've really mixed in and out their inside mids as well. So, you know, Kennedy's been back for a couple of weeks. setterfield has been in and out. There's been a, not a real lot of congruence for him. So I think he is absolutely a wonderful buy. And you know that I'm completely biased with Paddy Cripps. So um, <laughs> that, uh, I, I couldn't go any further there. I think another couple that jump out for me, and these are, these are really left field. And these, I guess, have been fantasy darlings of the past. And they do come with a little bit of risk. So particularly super coach and round 12, uh, we've seen uh, what he did in China last week, Robbie Gray. Mm. Um, he's at about 400 grand, which is an absolute steal. Now we know with Robbie, that's all about role. So if he's in the midfield, he's a, a super coach darling. If he's stuck up forward, he can give you a 40 or a 50. So with Wines and Rockliffe out, I think that's been really good. How long that lasts, I don't know. So Mm. you are going in with a fair element of risk, but we know that he's got the fantasy chops to do it. The other one, which is a little bit left field, if you're a coach that's carrying O'Brien at R2, because I know there are some coaches that are doing that, and you're really concerned around that round 13 by coming up with Gorn and Grundy, and you've got one of them, what about Matty Cruiser? He's cheap as chips. Um, he's starting to run back into some good form. I think he's got about 110 in Super Coach across the weekend. I know, again, it comes with risk around what his injury history is like. He's already had a few weeks out this year. Is that his injuries done for the year or does he actually have some more injuries to come? But I think that whole Colton side, I would certainly hope for me and for my fantasy team, they start to rejuvenate. They start to play a little bit freer with maybe a different structure or or a different way of working under David Teague across the rest of the year until a new coach is appointed, maybe there's something there. I I think with the price of both Gray and Cruiser, the risk is factored into that price. So if you're willing to take the plunge, you could be handsomely rewarded.
2: I like it. There's some really interesting names and, and a real opportunity to go left of centre, get some unique opportunities in your side to set yourself apart, whether it be for leagues as you focus and those crucial matchups in the final eight or so games of the year, or you need to give yourself some uniqueness to your side uh, to just give you that rankings edge and point of difference through there. It's very, very important to, to consider that and something that no doubt we'll talk more at coachespanel.tv and next week's podcast as well as we get our first six sides coming off the multi-buy round. Uh, Let's get to some of the questions from our Patreons. If you want to join the Patreon army, uh, you can uh, support the Coaches Panel by doing that at patreon.com forward slash Coaches Panel. Our first question comes from John Coombs. Uh, I'm going to throw it out. It's an interesting one too, and our Coel Kings are going to spend a lot of time answering it, but we'll quickly go through it. He said, who are some good captain options for each of the buy rounds? So just, I'll read you the fixture for each. Just give me one or two names off off the top of your head. Again, every format's different, but uh, round 12, Tigers v. Cats, Blues v. Lions, Suns v. Roos, Crows v. Giants, and Swans v. Eagles. And then it wraps up with the Pies versus the Demons. Rain Man, a couple of captain options from there for you, just top of the head.
1: Yeah, I don't mind Lockheed Neal versus the Blues. He's been a bit down recently. Okay. Um, I think he'll bounce back. I think they will. Um, they'll probably traditionally put the clamps on Zorks, and I think that'll continue with Ed Curno running with him. So I think that frees Neal up a little bit. And probably in the Monday game, I might look at Maxi. Um, there's obviously you know Brody wasn't himself last week, um, so Maxi maybe has some fantasy chops about it. All right.
2: Him. At any of those games or or potential matchups for you, Benny, of excitement?
0: Mate, I wasn't even listening. I was already looking at round thirteen.
2: All right, well, let me ask you the round thirteen ones then: Crows v Tigers, Bombers v Hawks, Suns versus Saints, Dockers take on the Power, Blues versus the Dogs, and the Kangaroos versus the Giants.
0: Yeah, well, I think I'm I'm looking towards the Giants game a little bit with this one. So Kelly's someone that's in serious form at the moment. He looks to be over his injuries. He he's someone that you seriously got to be looking at him. at the exciting thing with Kelly is that you can, you know, make him the captain, you can have a pot shot at the vice. So, you know, there's a few options. If you're looking at that Essen and Hawthorne game, I mean Hawthorne haven't really been doing much tagging recently. Mm. Zach Merritt is in hot, hot form. You know, he's someone if I if I was an owner of him I'd be looking strongly at the vice captaincy there. Um, Carlton West and Bulldogs, you feel like someone's gonna Get off the chain for the the dogs, um, and vice versa. I don't even mind Patrick Cruz being an option there, especially mm-hmm. if you've got uh, Kelly as a backup. So yeah, there's some there's some names in for round 13.
2: Uh, and also for AFL fantasy coaches during that multi buy round. With the Thursday night matchup, you do get an opportunity that Dream Teamers and Super Coaches get every single week, which is a vice-captaincy loophole. So you'll be looking at Crows and Tigers that week. And you'll also get an opportunity in round 14, Rayman. I'll I'll get your thoughts. Some possible captain options that, again, our Cowell Kings uh, will give you their thoughts at CoachesPanel.tv. But the Thursday night game, which is important for fantasy coaches, uh, Eagles take on the Bombers over at Optus Stadium. Swans v Hawks D v. Dockers, Saints versus the Lions, the power, take on the Cats and then to wrap up the last of our multi-buy rounds, it's the Dogs and the Magpies. Any uh, interesting options there mate? Uh, Gaff
1: at home is always good yep. um, and, and, and very much worth a free hit. I think uh, Fife has been in a very rich vein of form so I probably see that continuing even if he gets the harms run with um, so that, that'd probably be two that jump out to me, particularly from a super coach perspective um, and I guess uh, depending on what happens um, around injuries and so forth, if Hearn was potentially back for that uh, for that Eagles game, he, could, he he just eats everything up at Optus. So it could be a really sneaky free hit VC on the Thursday night.
2: All right, fair enough.
1: There's,
0: there's one one really big one as well, um, Brody Grundy against the Bulldogs, Young Rockman. Uh, that's going to be a feast.
2: Yeah, that's going to get nasty. Um yeah. that that that's, that's We've already
0: seen that play out this season as well. So um
2: yeah. I mean he's
0: he's uh going to do very well there. So uh just looking at his score, Western Bulldogs round four, he scored one hundred and fifty three in Dream Team. I think he's he did something similar, if not more, in Supercoach, so all right. He'd be the guy for me personally
3: right, Fair
2: enough, Rayman I'll throw this question over to you Louis Fryer, one of the great Patreons we have here I know he, he plays a lot of AFL fantasy But I think it's worth it in, in uh, all formats To throw the question out there Is Zach Williams an option to bring back in With Whitfield out?
1: Absolutely he's an option But does he come with risk? He does So, you know, I think where does he play with Whitfield out is quite an interesting one. Does he play that rebounding defence or because he's got that running carry, do they actually throw him to the wing? Mm. And how's he he going to recover on his first game back without Whitfield? So for me, it actually probably raises a question. I think when he was picked at the start of the year, he wasn't looked at as a keeper. Mm. Do you see him as a keeper now? If you do, knock yourself out. I don't know whether he is super coach. He's probably close. He's probably Mm -hmm. a good D7. In the other formats, I'd probably be a bit reluctant.
2: Yeah, all right. Fair enough. He's got another question. I'll throw it over to you, Benny. Again, he plays a lot more AFL fantasy, but I think it's a conversation that across all formats to look at. He says, uh, is it worth looking at someone like a a Cumming or a Perryman as a possible player to get you through the multi-buy rounds, whether that be a, a downgrade from Whitfield and look to make some cash along the way? or an upgrade from a guy like a Myers and a Lockhart type. Uh, is Perryman or, or Cumming someone of interest to you through those formats?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've we already touched on coming, but uh, Perryman's very, very exciting prospect. Uh, he's been playing a bit off half-back, a bit through the midfield. He's someone that's just absolutely needed to start playing AFL because he's ready for that level and... Yeah, I actually got injured in round one against the Bombers. So his last three weeks, he has been going at ninety-one in Dream Team, um, ninety in Supercoach. Yep. So he's had an he's had a pretty good draw, to be honest with you. But you're looking at him right now, and you're thinking, okay, can he maybe take me to round fourteen and potentially make me a few dollars? I don't mind it. It wouldn't be my first option though. Mm-hmm. Um, I would make that point, but hey, if you're you're looking at something you you really like Harry Perryman, and you think that hey 90 is going to be his low end, then that becomes a very exciting prospect.
2: But yeah, it's probably more you know, an like AFL fantasy good. trade, isn't it? More of of the formats to make that move, isn't it? it?
0: Is, absolutely, it is. But you you've also got to be thinking if um, AFL fantasy. Well, what like we've been speaking about um, at length tonight we've been thinking about what is the other trade going to allow me to do. So if we're going to coming, we're going to be making a lot more money. What's the the difference in that upgrade potential on the opposite, on a second trade. Mm. Um, and that's the way I'd be thinking. And I would be thinking that there probably is a fairly, you know, large size gap there. Um, so yeah, I would probably be going to come in, in this situation, but AFL fantasy is such an interesting game. There are so many aspects to it. So you know, Perryman could well be the right choice. It's very difficult to tell.
2: Yeah, no, and... and Fair enough uh, kind of thought process through there as well. A lot of questions about Whitfield, a lot of questions about is it worth jumping early on premiums from round 12. We've kind of spent a a whole heap of time talking about all of those things right throughout a big chunk of the podcast episode. And that pretty much wraps us up for this week. Hey, Rayman, appreciate your thoughts uh, this week as we've talked through a whole chunk of stuff on this episode. No problem, MJ. And Benny, as always, a pleasure, mate.
1: Thanks,
0: Matt. It was was very good fun to chat with you and Ray, man.
2: I always love having both of you boys on these podcast episodes. And if you are loving the podcast, make sure you're subscribed, whether it be via iTunes or Spotify, uh, so that as soon as the weekly strategy podcast episode goes live, not only to get notified, but it goes straight to your handheld device. And you can leave a five-star rating and a review. And of course, articles dropping all the time at coachespanel.tv. Round one of the multi-buy rounds is here. And it's presented a couple of stumbling blocks for us already. But coaches that plan, that get aggressive and that adapt over these three-week periods and get a little bit of luck going their way could see a massive right a ranking spike and a few league wins going their way that they didn't expect. Good luck this week. I hope everything goes your way. And from all of us here at the Coaches Panel, well, we'll chat to you soon.